from the first epistle of St. Peter, chapter 2. Dearly beloved, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you would follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin. That's last week. Oh well, I'll read it anyway. He committed no sin, no guile was found on his lips. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he trusted him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that he might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Thank God for the internet, huh? Continuation of the letter of St. Peter. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims to refrain yourselves from carnal desires which war against your soul, having your conversation good among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by good works, which they shall behold in you, glorify God in the day of visitation. Be ye subject, therefore, to every human creature for God's sake, whether it be to the king as excelling, or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of the good. For so is the will of God, that by doing well you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not as making liberty, a cloak for malice, but as servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, Honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy. If for conscience towards God, a man endures sorrows, suffering wrongfully. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. John. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, A little while now, and you will not see me. And again a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then some of the disciples said to one another, What is this that he saith to us, A little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me, and again, because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, What is this that he saith, A little while, we know not what he speaketh. And Jesus knew that they had a mind to ask him, and he said to them, Of this do you inquire among yourselves, because I said, A little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me. Amen, amen, I say to you, you shall not, you shall lament and weep, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be made sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But when she hath brought forth a child, she remembereth no more the anguish. For joy that a man is born into the world, so also you now indeed have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man shall take from you. Praise to you, O Christ. Be seated. The sanctuary lamp burns in loving memory of Miranda Bro. 
The second collection is for the Catholic Home Missions. Uh, tomorrow, April 26th, is the uh, penultimate meeting of the consecration for St. Joseph. The meeting will be held at 545 in the cafeteria. The consecration itself, the consecration of our parish and of individuals participating in the, the St. Joseph consecration will take place next Saturday morning at the 8 o'clock, uh, the regular 8 o'clock morning mass for the feast of St. Joseph the worker. St. Vincent de Paul has begun its 2021 fill a prescription drive. Donations provided uh, provide necessary medication to those in need. The container for collections is in the church vestibule. St. Agnes has an office job opening, someone in need with skills and competency in WordPress, Microsoft Publisher, and Facebook. If you or someone you know is looking for full-time employment with benefits, contact me after the Mass or through the parish office. As our state continues with the easing of the coronavirus restrictions, we're delighted to do so here as well at St. Agnes. Beginning next weekend, the tape will be removed on the majority of the pews in the church. Tape will remain in place for a time uh, in front of the, each of the side altars as well as the first three pews for those who are concerned about the social distancing. The remaining pews will be open seating as normal. Uh, we will also be taking out the holy water dispensers that you fight with that give you the holy water after you've removed your hand from it uh, and be putting holy water in the, back in the fonts. We'll be having the missiles back in the pews. So if you've been a bit confused, uh, not having a missile for yourself or a booklet to follow along, we'll have the, the books will be in the pews beginning next week and we'll cease the practice of the, the continuous cleaning after each of the masses. Uh, we still clean, of course, during the week as normal, uh, but having that um, the minimization there. We'll continue to have the sanitizing stations at the entrances to the church, uh, and we have been asked by the bishop for the current time to continue the practice of the wearing of the masks while gathering indoors. If you have any concerns or questions, feel free to talk to me after mass or again at the parish office. We were grateful and are grateful uh, for eight of our parish youth who were confirmed yesterday morning by Bishop Duca. We ask you to continue to keep them in your prayers. This Mass is being offered for Elizabeth Lockwood. A word that is not often considered in the public realm today is the word virtue. We can talk about all sorts of things, but rare is the word virtue ever heard. Virtue is the habitual choosing of the good. It's a disposition of the soul that by practice, by again, that, ha that habit, that holy habit that is formed within us, that we become naturally ordered, rather supernaturally ordered, to do that which is right, that which is holy in a given particular situation. It is good for us to emphasize our virtues. Oftentimes we can look when we go to confession and we reflect upon the Ten Commandments, where have we fallen short in preparing and we make our examines based off the Ten Commandments. But it is good for us from time to time to see also where are our sins of omission, to look at a list of virtues and what they are meant to embody within us and to see how our soul measures up. It is good for us to contemplate and to strive for holy virtues. We have encouragement today in the sacred scriptures. In the gospel, St. John records that blessed account where our Lord is speaking to his disciples. The 16th chapter of St. John's gospel, right in the midst of the Last Supper, 
as he's offering this lengthy, lengthy kind of last conversation with his disciples, ultimately culminating in his high priestly prayer, and then going off to the Gethsemane, to the garden, to pray. In the midst of that, he gives his disciples these words. In a little while, you will not see me. And again, in a little while, you will see me. They're confused. It's as if our Lord is getting ready to play a nice game of hide-and-seek. But certainly this is not the case. Indeed, in a moment, they will not see him. Within 24 hours of exactly what is taking place, under 24 hours, the man whom they love and with whom they are feeding on the wonderful roasted lamb and the various other bitter herbs of the holy, of the holy meal, soon he will be killed and lay in a tomb, and they will not see him. But then in a little while as well, a few days later, they will see him. First they will weep while the world rejoices, but their sorrow will turn into great joy. Our Lord is encouraging the disciples to wait for him patiently and in hope. Not to be discouraged by the things that are taking place around them. Not to be discouraged by the fears and anxieties that could easily overwhelm them. But to have faith. To trust in him. And to know that in a little while when you do not see me, because of his death, it will not be the end. He teaches them patience in this little while. As they have to wait. But he also teaches them faith to continue to persevere in understanding or seeking to understand and believing the things that our blessed Lord had said, even though they were mysterious. Patience, faith. These are things for us, indeed, for the contemplation and encouragement of our soul. These are things that can be, in a sense, easy for us to focus upon and to practice. Many of us need patience whether with our family, with the people in the traffic around us, at the store, or with ourselves, and even sometimes with the good Lord himself. It's easy for us to say that we need to grow in patience. It's a nice, clean thing to say. A more difficult one for us to say that we must grow in is obedience. Just the sound of the word makes many of us cringe, I think. But obedience is what we hear about in the first letter of St. Peter. Last week, as we heard in our first reading, it was first reading part A from last week, was a reminder to us of the good shepherd who comes to us, he who is the shepherd of our souls and to whom we have been entrusted as the sheep of the flock. It's easy for us to trust in our blessed Lord because we know that he is a good shepherd. But then St. Peter also continues, don't simply be obedient to the good shepherd. Be obedient to the other shepherds in your life, even if they are wicked ones. This is a much harder thing for us. To be obedient even to those with whom we can entirely disagree. To the king, to the Caesar, to the one who killed Christ. Listen in obedience. A challenging word for us, but one which in, is in truth 
a wonderful salve to our soul. It is the evil one himself who first said, non serviam, I will not serve. I will not submit myself to your plan, God. I will do my own thing. And he convicted Adam and Eve to fall and do the same. And from that first generation down to our present life, all of us are tested. Are we willing to serve? Or will we echo the wickedness of the evil one and say, no? St. Peter encourages us. He says, one is approved if, mindful of God, he endures pain while suffering unjustly. If we are obedient, mindful of God, for the love of Christ, it can make of us saints. And we have only to look to the saints to see this as an example. Padre Pio, of much love, was persecuted by even the cardinals of the church, condemned and essentially unable to, to offer Mass publicly, public re- rebuked, continually chastised, all because the Lord writ, wrote within his own flesh his wounds. It would have been easy enough just to, to say, Lord, <laughs> I have your wounds. Is it not enough suffering? Now I have to be persecuted even by the beloved of my church. But for love of God, he submitted and patiently waited vindication. I'm mindful also of St. Lambert. I was once discerning in a monastery and they had a window, a stained glass window, a beautiful image of St. Lambert. And it was him kneeling before a cross on a door with his arms outstretched. And I was intrigued. I said, what, you know, ask one of, the, one of the monks what the window was depicting. And he told me the story of St. Lambert. St. Lambert was a bishop, but in his bishop, he was exiled, uh, as often would happen, uh, specifically many centuries ago. He was exiled by the, by, the, by the worldly authorities, cast out of his own diocese, and he sought refuge in a monastery. He entered as a novice, the novice, the newcomer, the rookie, the one who navas do all things. He's the one who scrubs the toilets. He's the one who scrubs the floor, makes the bed, and does all the things that all the other monks in the senior ranks don't have to do. He's the lowly one. He came as a bishop, entered as a novice. And one night, they were in their silent prayer. This was when they kept the night vigils where in subtle darkness they would sit and pray. They were chanting the psalms, praying the readings, but it was in the middle of the night. And in the darkness, St. Lambert lost his sandal. His wood sandal fell off and made a loud clang on the floor of the church. And it echoed throughout and disturbed the entire prayer of the office. And the leader of the community, the abbot, said, whoever that was, go outside and kneel before the cross. It was the middle of winter, the middle of the night, it was snow. The cross was outside the church in front of the door. And Lambert got up, walked quietly there, and knelt barefoot with only his hair shirt to protect him in the snow. And there he stayed for several hours. 
when the light of the morning finally broke and the sun shone to reveal that it was the bishop who was there kneeling at the door. The entire community ran to him in lamentation, lamenting and weeping for what they had done, grieving at having given so deep a penance to to a a bishop, a, a successor of the apostles. We should never have done this, the abbot lamented. But St. Lambert properly understood. He said, it is fitting. I deserve this and more. He was willing to submit himself in obedience to someone of a much lesser rank because of Christ, because of love of Christ. It's a challenging thing and a difficult thing to us. But the saints are only able to do these things because we have a perfect example of it in Christ. He who suffered unjustly, he who had never sinned, took on the entire sin of the world and paid the consequences with his own blood, writing our names in his hands with the nails. He shows us perfect obedience to the Father's will and even to the worldly authorities. Remember as he stands before Pilate and Pilate says, I have the authority. And Jesus says, you only have the authority because we let you. But then he listens. He allows the earthly authority to exercise its power, even to his death. If we are willing, if we are mindful of God, even things that cause us harm, even where we may suffer unjustly, We can grow in holiness. We can grow in obedience, humility, and become saints.